together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Jacques, I know what's been making you think again lately, as you have written it down in a chapter for a new book about populism and community development. I see your chapter is called Populism and the Lure of Social Media. Where to for community development? After reading it, I thought it would be good to talk about it in our program. So Jacques, if it's okay with you, I'll play host today and I'll interview you and hear what you're thinking in relation to populism, social media and how we can create social change. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jen. Of course, uh, it, it, the word is being banned around a lot and has been for the last several years, really, particularly around the particular crop of politicians which we now have got. You know, the, the addition of Mr. Johnson to that a couple of days ago certainly has not improved the, uh, the assaults associated with populism. So, in a way, it refers to a way of talking, a way of speaking uh, of and to the people, ways in which issues are being formulated, ideas to solve these issues, things like that. That's where populism sits for me. So, first of all, I suppose, to step back, Shark, can you tell me what you mean by the word populism um, and the roots and characteristics in the 20th century? Well, certainly, it, it was. it is not a new kind of phenomenon. It is a word which has been around for a long time. And my interest in writing that article was just to try and understand it in its genesis, uh, whether there was examples which we could relate back to in the past and therefore learn from the past in order to be better at what is presently in front of us. Mm -hmm. And one of the people or the writers I and thinkers I went to was Hannah Arendt mm -hmm. and another crop of, uh, of writers, George Orwell, uh, then Aldous Huxley, those kinds of people in the, yep. let's call it the first, the first half of the last century, uh, particularly before, between the two world wars and immediately after the second world war, were writing a lot about it. They didn't use much the word populism, but they referred much more since the, the, the real life things they referred to were things like Stalin or people like Stalin, Stalin. Uh, Hitler, that kind of stuff, Mussolini and their regimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was much more interested not so much to look looking at those people who have been coming to us presented as real monsters, and mm -hmm. they probably were. And we don't really look at the leaders we have today as that type of monsters. And so it was much more important for me to have a look at what was it that Hannah Arendt, for example, was writing about the nature of the people, the situation in society, which also made possible that characters like Hitler and Stalin could come about. So, so you're saying the populism's not being situated necessarily just in the leader, hmm. or not totally in the leader, it's um, the conditions for the populism 
are within the populace itself. That's correct. That's correct. It's really interesting to just have a, a quick look, and I don't want to go into linguistics. Pop, populism comes from populus, within Latin. In Latin, means the people, mm-hmm. and we have all those words. We we you know use every day. It's popular, pops music, all of those words. So we use that kind of a semantic. Signal really mm. a lot, mm. and therefore it was really important for me to go back to what was it that Hannah Arendt was describing as the context within which that type of totalitarianism of Hitler came mm. about, and she was talking about pathologies of society. So, so what sort of pathologies? What did she mean by that? She was talking about in her time uh, the spread of imperialist capitalism, colonial suppression, because remember the first mm-hmm. half of last century colonization particularly also by the English was was a worldwide phenomenon and the ways in which the ruling classes had made the state into an instrument to protect and further their own interests mm-hmm. now that's a really important point yes now how the, how does how do the rulers make the state mm-hmm. an instrument for their own interests. Yeah. And of course, our, <coughs> excuse me, some of our past programs, we've been talking about how that happens, mm, exactly, really, exactly. through managerialism, digital surveillance. We've talked about tax and welfare. We've mm. talked about regulation of banks mm. and yeah. unions. Yeah, for, for Arendt, in her time, key features of the totalitarian state was a system of indoctrination, propaganda, isolation, intimidation, and brainwashing. Mm-hmm. So we've done. We have features of that right now as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason that lots of writers go back when they try to understand populism of today, uh, the things they go back to and writers they go back to, as I said, is George Orwell. George Orwell wrote in in, in 1984, the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and your ears. It was their final, most essential command. And there's Trump saying in one of his late speeches, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. And of course, the famous phrase he uses, fake news. Exactly. Totally. And so, in, importantly, I think for for us to better understand what populism is doing and how it, it comes about and how it, you know, I would now more and more say, with the contribution of the populist, that means the people themselves, yes. is coming into being and is maintained really. So, so I suppose um, people associate po- populism today with. Um, well, what's happening with Brexit in the UK, mm-hmm. um, President Trump's ascendance, of course, uh, recent election of mm. Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose there are numerous examples of where populism seems to be happening yeah. around the world. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got yeah. one quote from a, a guy I really like, and that is Henri Giroux, a Canadian-American guy. He talks about uh, veneration of war, anti-intellectualism, dehumanization, a populist celebration of ultra-nationalism mm-hmm. and racial purity. So, so I suppose, Jacques, that was my question, is a lot of people say that's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of, you know, when you, when you um, start talking about populism today, mm-hmm. people associate it with using the word fascism. Oh, they're a fascist. And, yep. you know, please don't bandy these words yep. around, yep. that it's a bit extremist. Yep. So but, people say it's a bit of a stretch. So, Jacques, what I'm wondering is... 
What does current populism have in common with past populist movements and how is it different? Where do you see the same patterns but also are there new ways it's being played out? Well, think about neoliberal processes of moving the political centre more and more to the right. Uh, in turn, the, manipula the manipulative influence of modern communication systems leading to, in a way, damaging those parties who sit in the centre. And in our case, that would be the ALP mm -hmm. and the Liberals. Yeah. They actually, it damages the centrists as well because of the fact that they will never being a, going to be able to go as far right as really the strongest exponents of the far right are yeah. going to want them to. So that means that they will have to constantly make sort of like, uh, I don't know what to call them, agreements with the far right. Mm. So they themselves, the centre moves more and more to the far right as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, think about movements like the Tea Party, the Gilets Jaunes in France, mm -hmm. the neo-fascist and neo-Nazi groups and parties in many nations, the nationalist tropes being bring which Trump is about the MAGA stuff, make mm. a, make uh, Australia or yeah. make America great again. Brexit, John Johnson having been said recently, ah, oh, we want to get out of Europe because of the fact that we want Britannia to rule the waves yeah. again. So my God, you know, resistance to migration. Um, to and yeah, well, a few that occurred to me would be, um, I think that they are in your article, um, anti-intellectualism, mm -hmm. um, that I'm. Um, Try not to sound too intelligent because mm -hmm. then you'll become yeah, one yeah. of the latte or chardonnay drinking elite. Um, Dehumanisation of groups, mm -hmm. um, think migrants, yeah. refugees, yeah. unemployed people with new start. They're obviously, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, we can't raise new start because we only give to people who are already yeah. having a go. Yeah, and the words they use to identify people with their own you know, with with their own purposes, really, are things like the silent... You know, it used to be, 30 years ago, the silent majority. And mm. uh, now it is yeah. the, the little people, middle Australians, the quiet people. The forgotten people. The forgotten people. <laughs> all of those kinds of words are really meant to convince that section of the electoral, of the electorate, that they are the salvation they bring salvation to all the problems yeah. they have. Mm -hmm. they, are, uh, they all in that process, of course, also simplify the problems to sort of like everyday life issues. Everyday life issues, like, and which is part of the anti-intellectual. Exactly. So it is quite interesting how, how a, a comparison with what uh, Arendt and or uh, Orwell were writing about is quite pertinent, I think. So, so on that note, sorry Jacques, I didn't mean to cut you off then. No, on that note I would say let's just have a listen to... Lonely by Mia Dyson. There you go.
this is our country. We've never forgotten where we've come from. Or who we are. We keep our culture strong. Now it's time to come together. Talk as equals. And write our own future. This is our country, and this is our time. Treaty is time. Enroll now for the First People's Assembly of Victoria election. Authorised by the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission, Melbourne. You're listening to Jacques and Jennifer on Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about populism, social media and social change. And I'm interviewing Jacques about a book chapter he's written for a new book about populism and community development. Jacques, you argue that the way we're using social media and being subjected to social media plays into our own co-option into populism. Can you tell me how you see that happening? Let me just start saying that uh, after all, Mr Trump, Dole Trump, I call him, just like ScoMo and Bojo, we now have Skull Trump, (laughs) and I call him Skull Trump von Tweet. Oh, thank you, because Jacques, for sharing he, that. Uh, he actually rules the waves with uh, with his tweeting. Now, have you ever heard of of uh, trying to rule the world by, let's say, two second bits of mm. silly thought, which well, come to you at four o'clock in the morning? Well, Britannia ruled the wa- ruled the waves, so I suppose he can <laughs> exactly. rule the tweets. Exactly. So, <laughs> I do really think that the social media play an enormous role in the present emergence and maintenance mm-hmm. of the present crop of populism. The reason that I'm thinking about that is more and more research being done, which shows what the social media are doing to our psychology, to our mental state. Uh, It is meanwhile becoming an addiction. We know that. In terms of the content which is spread via it, it is very superficial stuff. It's almost almost like, you know, when you compare deep thinking and deep reflection, it's almost like uh, a reflection which Mm. goes about five kilometres wide and five kilometres long Mm -hmm. and is about one millimetre deep. Mm -hmm. And Mm. it's full of information, rather useless information, really. But most importantly... It actually actually is an attention-seeking kind of a device which makes you want to be there and want to be part of it Mm. and want to, and the words are quite significant, I think, they are words which really have been used by the big totalitarian regimes. Like Mm. they, you want to follow Mm. people, you want to like people. So uh, the words which are being used on a very superficial level are really indicative, I think, of what of what I would say the contribution the people are making to their own suppression. And that is not just in the political sphere, that certainly is also in the sphere of everyday life. For example, why would I want to know uh, what uh, any of the film stars actually does when she walks the street somewhere and sees something in a shop front mm. or when she is ling- long linger- lingering somewhere on a beach and, and talks about the, st- the G-string she wears. What the heck am I supposed to be so, interested so in? So, Jacques, to play the devil's advocate, mm-hmm. obviously there are people interested in that. I mean, um, 
um, prompting people to make clicks mm-hmm. um, brings in money to for ad, from advertising. Yep. So there are people who want to look at that. Yep. So so is people's attention being stolen? Are you yep. saying, or are they giving their attention? What's going on? It is a totalizing form of control, which I think is being established here, because it it comes to us subcutaneously, not like it used to be in Hitler and Stalin time, which mass demonstrations in stadions with big speeches and gestures and uh, having people join in with Heil Hitler or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. the, word, the relevant words were. It actually is a form of control which comes subcutaneously. So subcutaneously under the skin. Under the skin. So Sim- it gets inside people. Yeah. Similar like when you get an injection to not get the flu. This is an <laughs> injection to get the flu. To get the flu. Thank you, Shark, <laughs> again. And, and so it's really, and, and it is not a new thing either. It is quite, it, we should not forget that religions work the same way. They actually went in, in their certainly not mass media kind of way in the technological sense we use them now but having people stand up and close their eyes and lift their hand as mm. we recently have seen by someone I don't want to name yep. uh, that is really a form of subcutaneous ways of feeling yourself into a space which also shuts off your thinking shuts off your thinking yeah. on, on that note we'll go to a promo In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. You're listening to Jacques and Jennifer on Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about populism and social change and I'm interviewing Jacques about a book chapter. He's written for a new book. The new book is about populism and community development. So, Jacques, we've been talking about the co-option of the most intimate aspects of our lives through social media and how it is working hand-in-glove with current forms of populism. But I'm a bit worried, Jacques, when we speak about social media in a way that's 100% negative. What about the social change that's happening all over the place that could not happen without social media? An obvious example is GetUp. So I guess I'm asking if social media media can be a force for good or is it all bad? I don't think that it is all bad at all. And it indeed has done a lot of good. 
for example, movements like, like Occupy or like the Indignados in Europe, even the student, the student demonstrations uh, against or for global change, uh, for global climate change, they actually were very, you can't think about them nowadays mm. without the help of the social media. Yes. Uh, when you see those kids, 17, 18, 19 years, how they basically organize big mass demonstrations and use very meaningfully those, uh, you know, whatever the media are they are using. So, no, it is possible, but there is, humanity has a tradition, really, of, in the end, not being able to control the technology they invented. Mm -hmm. And that is not a new statement I make, and that statement has been made all the way back, 250 years initially by the Luddites, that has been made again by a guy I like a lot, Tribe, who said one of the big, the big frontiers which we as, as a society need to need to be, become able to cross is the control over our, uh, our our technology particularly now the social media and the the social media are a special case of technology because they are so intimate and mm. i mean intimate look at how people behave nowadays how look how they work you know so, Jacques, why are we letting technology take the lead? Do you think um, there's a case for being led by values or our, re uh, our decisions about technology being led by our values? Well, we, two weeks ago, we talked about Zuboff uh, and uh, her way of thinking around uh, surveillance capitalism. Yes. Now, you, if you think about those, those instruments which we use in the social media, they are quite clearly surveillance tools for surveying our intimate thoughts, our feelings, creating yeah. our desires, and we just hop and do whatever it yeah. is that the desire created in us mm. gets fulfilled. Yes, and I think we talked a lot about how that is being used for corporate mm. and political goals. Yeah. And, and think about, for example, how leaders now are supposed to present themselves or when you go for a job, how you need to be bragging about yourself. You know, there's people now, meanwhile, good people saying, like Sharmer, Minsberg, good people in the in the management area saying it's not leadership. It's just a lot of crap, they would say, to mm. talk about leadership. They talk about community ship as being more oh, important. Yes, I like that. Uh, others say, well, what, what it is doing to us in terms of playing with our minds, we need to start working on the title of one book, which I would really strongly suggest people go and read, Digital Minimalism, because of the fact that it is relationally as well as psychologically damaging us. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.